Wednesday with Jeff Andreas. Thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday. It's 536 on this Wednesday, July the 14th. Now, this afternoon, the province announcing plans to help beef up BC ambulance system after sudden deaths increased. It says 300% during that recent extreme heat wave. That was just a couple of weeks ago, and here we are back in a heat wave, although I will say uh, 36 degrees does not feel near as hot as 46 degrees. It's... Uh, Still hot out there, just not not quite the same. Anyways, I digress. Health Minister Adrian Dick says this is going to include hiring 85 new full-time paramedics, 30 full-time dispatchers, and another 22 ambulances being added to the roads across the province. So for more on all of this, I'm pleased to welcome to the show once again the president of the Ambulance Paramedics of British Columbia, Troy Clifford. Troy, I know you are a busy man here today, so thanks so much for taking some time for me. Thank you very much for having me on, Jim. Yeah, so I guess we, you know, before looking at what actually was announced here today, I just want to take a bit of a look back here. So there was a lot of complaints that were being made. You and I talked about it, you know, kind of in the height of things a little bit about concerns of of the ambulance wait times that were being experienced. And then they got exacerbated as a result of that heat wave that we went through, that extreme once-in-a-lifetime kind of heat wave that we experienced. I mean, just just how stretched thin are our paramedics on, on a daily basis? And then once these extreme you know, conditions come in, just does it make it that much more difficult to respond to calls? Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. We've talked about this a number of times. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people think it's a big city challenge or the, you know, the call volumes we're experiencing um, and the shortages we've seen um, are across the province. You know, they're in our town of Kamloops and uh, surrounding areas. But, uh, you know, leading up to, you know, that the shortages we've seen and the incredible call volumes and delays we've seen were a problem prior to uh, the heat uh, dome and the the crisis we've seen that uh, five or six days there but uh, we also seen uh, you know spikes in after the opening up in early june we started seeing incredible call volumes across the province going from uh, pre-covid uh, numbers of about 1500 calls a day to uh, yesterday was 1711 the minister announced today or announced today and that seems to be the norm uh, post-covid post-heat mm-hmm. wave during the heat wave, we've seen upwards of 2,000 calls a day. Uh, so that's an incredible amount, and that's across the province. And that's not just in the Lower Mainland. Obviously, the most of them were in the Lower Mainland and the Fraser Valley. But with that and the out-of-service levels, the uh, additional workloads uh, related to uh, COVID um, and the pressures around the opiate crisis, and we know is a challenge in communities like Kamloops as well, um, all sort of was the thing that culminated uh, leading up to that heat on that Friday, Thursday, Friday of that weekend um, and leading into the next week that uh, really hit a peak that exposed the vulnerability of the ambulance service. And uh, we've seen incredible delays for service. Uh, patients weren't getting um, ambulances in a timely fashion. 911 was not getting access to get a, a emergency medical dispatchers, um, weren't, weren't able to answer calls in a timely fashion. And that affected patient care, there's no question. One, one of the comments I heard from Minister Dix this afternoon that kind of, I don't want to say it surprised me, but it still felt a little odd that it took until this afternoon's announcement to get to this. You mentioned, you know, going back to having service levels where they were pre-COVID. It just kind of surprised me that, you know, we're two weeks almost fully removed from when the town of Lytton burned to the ground, and that was sort of the very big height of that heat dome that we're talking about. I mean, it feels like uh, it, it took a little while to get that kind of a comment being made of getting back to pre-COVID. You wonder why something like that wasn't implemented a little bit sooner. 
Yeah, I know. I I think that uh, you know, I was overall I was optimistic, and I'm I'm in, I'm optimistic about the announcement today. I feel that, that we've been acknowledged and really listened to. You know, like following the heat uh, exposure and the Lytton tragedy that you you well know about, um, we were reaching out right away and said that we something's got to give. We've been resounding alarm for eight ten months on this, and uh, you know. It, the point where it's uh, we're desperate and we needed immediate action. And, and, and in, 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 in fairness, I, the minister responded to me right away, and we've been working with him for the last two weeks. And a lot of the announcements today are directly out of the 51 recommendations that, that uh, my team and I led, taken forward to the CEO and president of PHSA and the minister directly with recommendations. And, and, most, of the nomin- or, and most of the recommendations today are directly out of our, our briefing paper to him. And there's a number that still aren't in there that uh, he committed today that uh, he expects this new leadership model and team to work with us and the, and the organization to address those uh, challenges. And they affect their areas around cameras, the rural and remote. We talked about those 22 communities. He talked about the additional 85 paramedics and 30 dispatchers. As you know, in Kamloops, we have one of our three provincial dispatch centers. So uh, we haven't allocated where those will go, but I imagine they're going to be some in Kamloops. Uh, the 85 full-time positions that are in, in the initial uh, allotment, he says, will be for uh, metro and high-end urban communities. And he specifically mentioned a few of those positions may be coming to Kamloops and Kelowna and other communities like the north, Prince George, the higher-end urban metro areas. So that's good news for uh, areas like that. But we also need to address the uh, rural and remote, the uh, precarious work we have for that on-call model, the $2 an hour uh, stipend. Uh, so at this point, it's, uh, it look, I'm cautiously optimistic that he's put a structure in place that will allow for us to finally get back to the leadership model of the ambulance services, a sole entity governed by one board that will have sole authority to oversee the operations of the ambulance service. And uh, he made it very clear that he has expectations by September this group will, the leadership group, will come back with recommendations long-term yeah, to so really you, change this model. Yeah, so you mentioned you know the, the emergency health services, appointing a board of directors that will focus on ambulance services specifically, um, and, and they're going to be coming back uh, in conjunction with other you know uh, groups that are working on this now uh, with some recommendations by September, hopefully to implement some things by October. I mean, is that, I mean, I guess it's never quick enough, but uh, is, that, yeah. is that as quick as we could probably hope to see things given what we're uh, just being announced here today? Uh, well, I, I, nothing is quick enough when you're waiting for an ambulance yeah. every minute eternity or when you're on 911 and can't get through. So to answer that question, nothing is going to be quick enough. And, you know, we've been sounding the alarm for a while. And But what I am optimistic about is it's going to take time to put those permanent resources in place. But uh, as part of our 51 recommendations, we recommended some some measure to get us through this critical time. As you know, the province is burning. Um, it's not going to be a good summer at this point. Our, you know, they're in the hills around Kamloops and in the interior particularly, and we're coming up to another heat. So we need to be prepared, and we need to do these few middle, some of the key mitigating things to put staff in ambulances to get us through this tough time of the summer, the long weekends, and these critical times that we're having. And uh, I've already been in contact with Leanne Heppel, the new uh, chief ambulance operator, mm-hmm. and we're going to meet tomorrow tomorrow to actually discuss how we can put some short-term measures into bridges to the permanent resources that he's talking about and those solutions. So I'm optimistic that, um, you know, she isn't even on the job till Monday and we're going to meet tomorrow and discuss what needs to be done immediately. And we've already been working with um, the government on some of these short-term measures to address the immediate needs. So that is, for me, is a positive. Um, 
that uh, we can't wait. We can't wait till October till po- postings are filled. We need to get people into these uh, ambulances and, and fill our shortages. And, and those are the solutions we have. And I, I know we don't have a lot of time to talk about all of them, but there's some creative ways that we can work um, uh, within our collective agreement and waive some things that we need to to deal with emergently getting ambulances to patients. And, and that's really my priority is to get... You know, we need an ambulance to all the people they're calling for an ambulance in a timely, timely manner to get treat and transport to hospital in their time of need, and we need uh, 911 answered uh, in a timely fashion so that people can have their medical needs assessed and help on the phone. And we need those people to be healthy. The paramedics need to be healthy, mm-hmm. and the dispatchers need to be healthy. And I, I was really encouraged by his acknowledgement of how tough. And you asked that, how tough was the, the heat and the pressure we've been through? Um, and he really acknowledged that the pressure the paramedics and dispatchers have been under uh, have been incredible. And the, the medical, or sorry, the psychological support and the psych, and, and that he said is going to be implemented in the next couple of weeks is really encouraging to me that uh, he's acknowledged the significant impacts on all of our mental health and wellness that this job takes a toll, and particularly the last year and a half. Um, and, uh, you know, leading out of the things like the heat and the fatigue that the paramedics uh, were under during the, and the incredible weights that uh, the dispatchers were looking at their screens and not having ambulances to send to. Mm-hmm. That just acts that are credible. How, how, one of the things that I know is, is being talked about here throughout this process as well is when an ambulance, you know, picks someone up and takes them to the hospital, they have to wait for that person to be actually, you know, taken into the care before they can leave. They can't just drop a patient off and run to the next call. How time consuming can it be to sit there waiting at a hospital's emergency room for, for that patient that they've picked up to actually get some care from inside the hospital? Is that like a, a major concern is getting ambulances back on the road after attending a call? Absolutely. Our hospital delays, and, you know, it's no fault of the hospital. They're over, you know, I heard that uh, they're running at extreme uh, increases of call volumes following the opening up and that um, in the same, in parallel to what we're experiencing. So those are the challenges we're seeing in the emergency department. So our, our colleagues, the nurses and doctors and the, and, the, and the allied health professionals are facing struggles. And that was another area that we had made recommendations around, um, the handoff delivery in the hospital so that we can free up those ambulances to get to those calls so that they're not tied up in the hallways waiting for assessment or uh, opportunity to get a bed in a hospital. And he announced there today, uh, lost in probably all of it, was a very important part that addresses that is his direction to the health authorities and the resources he's going to put in to free up ambulances in the emergency department um, so that we can get back on the street to look after the patients. So that was another key component that it's not a small um issue that he's addressing and he and he acknowledged that today and you're you're bang on when you say that that is a significant delay we shouldn't have paramedics tied up in the emergency department uh when they can be back on the street looking after patients uh troy i think i could talk to you for probably an hour more on this but of course we don't have that much time so just before i do let you go is there anything else just to specifically highlight because i don't want to i have a slew of questions but i'll leave it on the floor for you is there anything that uh we missed here that you think is just worth pointing out at, at this particular stage well, I think that, that uh, you know, paramedics are by nature, they do this job. It's not, uh, you know, you know me, a lot of people at Camels know me, and um, this is not a job for us. It's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle, and it's a, our profession, and that's why we're so passionate about patient care. And I think our, our paramedics and dispatchers just need to 
these these uh, operational stressors need to go away. The job is tough enough. They don't need to worry about this stuff. And I think that's the message I heard from the minister today. And that's my job to look after that for the paramedics. And, and you know, I just want to thank the public for their patience. I think we've really took a term. We've been heard. The public's been heard that they want accountability by their ambulance service. Um, and I think we all need to look hard at ourselves and say, what we can, we're either going to be part of this solution moving forward or we're not. And I think if you're not going to be, uh, you need to be accountable and decide what you're going to do for a career because um, we can't have any more weights for ambulances. Troy, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate you coming back on the show. I'm sure I'll have some more questions for you down the road, so hopefully it's not too long before we connect again. But thanks so much for the time today. Good to see that the province is trying to take some steps here to, to help with our, our ambulance response times and make sure people are getting the care that they need and deserve. So appreciate your time today, and we'll talk soon. Absolutely, Jeff. Anytime, and you be safe, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. That is Troy Clifford right there. He is the president of the Ambulance Paramedics of British Columbia.